Hello and welcome back to Stanima, a Survivor Panama rewatch podcast brought to you by the Bitter Jurors Network for the Survivor offseason. As always, I'm your host, Christine Tallon, and we have reached the end of the line. This is the finale of Survivor Panama, the final showdown, which aired on May 14th, 2006. Uh, the offseason is almost over. The uh, By the time this comes out, we'll be one week out from Survivor uh, coming back. So this ended up, you know, all my delays and stuff with the recording schedule ended up working out pretty nicely. I got, you know, we had some bumps in the road, but now I've gotten to you all the way through the offseason. You're welcome. So I could not do this alone as always. And since Sari is on Big Brother, um, there is no possible way. I wasn't going to have Sari come on as a finale guest, but I was like my big thing. I was hoping to get her to come on for an interview postseason and, and, uh, uh, didn't I hear back? And then shortly after she was announced to be a big brother. So, um, I was like, what's this next best thing? after Sari Fields. And it's Derek Reining. He needs no introduction. He's one of my bitter jurors co-hosts and co by co-host, intrepid co-host on the Shadow Play Gaze. So give him a big welcome. Yes, thank you. I feel like what's the next best thing after Sari is kind of the theme of this finale. Yeah. Um, it's like, uh, we'll get into it, but I, I feel like the general vibe of this episode is kind of like, well, shit. We have to, we have these three left. So I guess let's just figure out which one it will be. But I overall, I think it was a very fun finales and I'm excited to talk about it with you. Yeah, I mean, the way I always pitch this season to people, it's it's about the journey, not necessarily the outcome. Uh, we'll get to, again, we'll get to it. Ars and Danielle are kind of a weird final two. Um, <laughs> losing Sari is a big loss. Um, and, you know, because so much of the season was about Terry versus Aris and Terry versus Kasaya to have it ultimately come down to Terry not being there. This is how, you know, like survivor is not scripted because if it was scripted, Terry would be there at the end because that's what the narrative was building towards. Um, so this is one of, oh, I watched this finale. I was like, wow, this is not a very, it's not a bad finale. It's just like they worked <laughs> with what they had and it's just the way the chips fell. It didn't lead to, a particularly exciting, um, you know, final stretch of the game. Yeah, it's a bit of a whimper of an end game. Um, but I feel like, I don't know, that's kind of the, that feels right for Panama in a way where it's like, you have this whole season that is about these like kooky ass characters and for it to end with Aris Biskauskas and Danielle De Lorenzo kind of feels perfect in that way. And their energy, this whole finale is really weird like i can't tell if they're like into each other there's like a weird sort of flirtiness there but i feel like they're also like neither of them are into it it's like (laughs) there's i feel like there's a lot to talk about just in terms of like the pure like comedic factor of this finale so yeah like as i mentioned last week this is a two-parter um it's kind of odd in Survivor. We saw this in Pearl Islands and then it wouldn't happen again till Edge of Extinction. Uh, but the way they use it here is to create some tension about the fire making, um, which is interesting. It like, just like, I think it would have been better if it like Sari had just kind of gone out last episode and, but I guess they were, <laughs> we said they worked with what they had and I think they maybe thought we don't have a ton of juicy stuff for this finale. So we might as well like, have Sari going be the juicy moment of the finale. I agree. I think you, I'm of two minds. This was definitely like a pre, like the modern day HBO sort of structure of like, 
your big moment is the penultimate episode and then the fallout is the finale i feel like nowadays they would maybe be more willing to lean in lean into that structure than they were in 2006 yeah so for better or worse they decide to do this this kind of cliffhanger and it's just odd to jump like in media res <laughs> into a fire making situation. <laughs> uh, oh, before that, I wanted to mention this season recap is endless. I know it's they were so long. long. Literally they've like mentioned like, m- like Misty's boot. Like they go into <laughs> like, Misty going out and I'm like, I started skipping after that. And I was like, it's still going. It goes on for a full 10 minutes. <laughs> Literally, like, I was, like, like you said, I, like, checked the bar. It was, like, right at the 10-minute mark. I feel, I have to think that that was just a result of, like, the life finale of it all. They want to catch all, the, like, the people watching in the room up who maybe are just, like, mm-hmm. here for the finale. Um, but I do also think they did a good job of sort of, like, pitching the final four. Like, giving each of them something to, like, be like, ooh, this is, like, how they could win. Or this was something they did in the season that would justify it. Um, in a way that's like a way less like uh, cheesy than they do nowadays where everyone gets yeah. a huge package uh, with the like dramatic camera shots of them like walking up the beach together. Um, I liked the, it felt a little more organic um, and it made me miss the days of the previously on. <laughs> yeah, m- much like fire making, it was less forced back then um, when they did these packages. Um <laughs> I think um, I said one of my notes is Survivor used to be art, which we can talk about yeah. as we keep talking through this. It used to be art and now it's sports. Um, Literally. I think, is, I think is the take. Um, I did, did, does Danielle, did I hear Danielle yell mother at her fire going out? Was she like about to say motherfucker? I just, all I heard was mother. Mother. <laughs> Me when Suri is within, like, it's just like an invol- involuntary thing when Suri is within, like, a mile radius. You just shout mother. <laughs> mother. Um, <laughs> I mean, Danielle yeah, is... Oh, sorry. I was just going to say no, Danielle is, like, the star of this episode, clearly, in so many ways. Oh, yeah. Just, she's just, like, like, people who are like, why was she on Heroes versus Villains? I'm like, this is why, because she is just a <laughs> cuckoo bird, and I love it. She's so weird. It's really, like, you know, like, production was like, fuck, we have to, like, make Danielle, like, the main character of the finale. Um, because they, they would have loved her to, for it to have been Suri. They would have loved for it to have been Terry. Aris just isn't as, like, he's just there he's funny but like he's like doesn't like have i feel like it's like clearer perspective for better or worse uh as danielle um she like maybe doesn't always have the best game reads but she will like she says them with with like um with confidence and enthusiasm <laughs> in a way that ours just doesn't sometimes so they're like well this has to be the Danielle show. <laughs> I know it's, it, this feels like a, like you said, kind of a worst case scenario for even like the setup of the season, which was um, the like age and gender divide to end with like the two younger. I feel like Survivor mm-hmm. would have loved for it to have been the older woman and the older man at the end. Um, and then or they the didn't older get man it. and the younger man. Literally any, been, yeah. <laughs> any combo other than the, like the two young people. Um, which is like, I guess maybe you would want that if there was like a, like a romber thing going on between them. And it, like I said, it kind of feels like they were kind of there, but also like really not. I think that maybe <laughs> they were just drunk for the, the day 39 meal, <laughs> but we can talk yeah. about it when we get to it. 
Uh, but yeah, Danielle wins fire. She 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 makes a fire first, um, and Sari apologizes to Aris, and it's like, oh. no, Queen, you did so well. And she gets really heroic music, of course. And, it's so good. Um, it's so sad. It's so tragic. But um, you know, I know. Aris says won't you be did the first your best. time. We'll be sad about Sari. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we. This was just priming us for the rest of our lives until. The traitors, <laughs> U.S. <Yeah>. in two <laughs> decades' time. <laughs> so I'll read her final words. Uh, well, my time here is up. I lasted far beyond my highest expectations. I hope that my family is proud. Sorry, guys, I let you down. I couldn't get the fire going, but I feel I can still hold my head up high. So I'm extremely proud to be out on day 36. And we're extremely proud of you, Suri. We love you, Suri. I mean, this is just like... Oh, like what a character, what a find on casting's part. And like even her final words to me really speak to um, just the power of early survivor of like they like hammer home a lot. This idea of like the woman who was on the couch and got off the couch and came out to the island. Like Mm -hmm. I, Suri really captures that idea of like taking someone out of their normal existence and placing them in an environment where they can thrive in a way that maybe they can't in their real world like at what point i'm sorry i think was a nurse at this point or an art like something yeah a nurse. In the med- yeah and so it's like when in her like day-to-day life is sari going to use the same skills she used to oust courtney out of the game like never and that's to me the what makes survivor so beautiful especially to see like these like older women get the chance to use those skills that they're even like demonized for in real life of being deceptive or being uh, conniving. So it's <laughs> Sari is just like the epitome of what makes survivor great. And to make it clear, people, we do not believe that 35 doesn't is uh, yeah, an to be clear. for an older woman. <laughs> I know I keep talking in that I, as someone who is, I mean, literally Sari <laughs> is as old as my like, older sister like only like five years older than me like she's not an old yeah, say woman my sister's 35 now yeah so it's like that is wild to me that they and i'm pretty sure it wasn't melinda 32 someone yeah, was like, like melinda was like 32 or 33 old old women um i know it's like uh but i do not miss that aspect i guess of survivor casting of the mactor of it all which was like we are definitely starting to enter that era here um but yes Sari, love you so much, and it I you can you could feel the heartbreak from the cast and the crew in that moment. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I've just ended up on Melinda Hyder's uh, uh, Survivor Wiki page again. Uh, <laughs> oh, on June twenty second, two thousand six, Melinda, along with Sari, appeared on the daytime soap Guiding Light. Ooh, they were kind of like the Jeremy and Joe of their day. Was it Joe? Oh my who god! Went yes, I don't know. <laughs> um, we'll have to look is... up uh, some content from that. Um, yeah, I, I feel like that is a random ass thing they still do to this day. CBS being like, "Do you want to come on <laughs> like Days of Our Lives <laughs> for like a scene?" I think that's that's so fun. That's like the camp factor of Survivor that I also love so much. <laughs> Yeah, I'm finding the press release, but I'm not finding any, like, images from it. Is this lost media? Um, <gasps> I'll have to d- dig for this. We're going to, like, find woman. it. <laughs> it exists out there from, like, an old woman. Like, like a grandma was, like, uh, v- like recording, 
like soaps on her VHS and it's just like out there at like an estate sale is the footage. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine yeah, you go to an estate sale go, going through random VHSs and you find the Suri and Melinda guiding a light episode. <laughs> that is so, my dream. <laughs> one day someone, if you have this piece of media, I would love to see it, but I will also, I'm sure it's somewhere. Um, yeah. I'm sure this soap operas are fascinating to me. Um, I would love to take a peek at that. Anyway, back to the soap opera that is the Terry versus Aris uh, with Danielle in the middle of it all. So they get back to camp and Terry's like, let's go. Like, I'm. this is it. Like, I'm. Danielle gave me her word. He's feeling pretty good. You know, he hangs up his idol in camp. And like, <laughs> I love when he hangs up his idol in camp and Danielle and Aris are just like sitting there like, cool. Like, yeah. <laughs> I know. I don't remember. I mean, I, I remember feeling that like Terry was like a very grating character. Um, but I'm, I obviously the audience, I guess, liked him. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, he I, was, I, you know, he was popular. Yeah, so it's like it's a weird thing to uh, know like Terry's like position in like the greater like audience as like the underdog who's going to like beat the cocky young people, but it's like watching in the show he's like so obnoxious and no one wants to be around him in the show. He's so like oh my god, like it's he's just like so he's like a little kid and he does this later when he wins and he's like yes 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 i think nasim pointed this out the way he like celebrates it's just so ugh. it's cringy ugh. um and it varied to bring in drag race there's a part here when they're like fishing that is like um terry says something like I got four mediums and a small, uh, like counting his fish. <laughs> it was very Lucy Laduca coded of, um, I've won four challenges, three minis and a main. Like, he, <laughs> it, it's just like, he is very Lucy Laduca coded in this moment. And it's like, oof, I, you can tell that they really did not enjoy being around him. <laughs> no, and I don't blame them. And yes, uh, Danielle feels like this is very obviously, he's just trying to like, uh, piss Aris off. She's like, it's a macho thing. She says they're having a testosterone match every day. Um, I mean, I do. <laughs> Christine, you and oh, I are, we, you are, we are the experts of the homoerotic subtext. And I feel like, oh, absolutely. The homoeroticism is the text in this episode. <laughs> like when Aris catches, brings back his big fish, and Terry's like, that rocks, man. Like, I think, and during the challenge too, when Terry, like, oh when my god, you were the Terry ultimate competitor. He's so horny for Aris. It's like, woo, that is, yeah. <laughs> I that to me is like what makes the Terry and Aris thing work. It's very Naruto Sasuke vibes, like rival, like yeah. It's they're tapping into something. Oh my! I mean, I feel like honestly, Terry is Naruto, mm-hmm. right? I, I don't like watch maybe, this program, so. Oh, well, I feel like in their their position in the narrative, you would say like Aris is probably Naruto, like more the protagonist. But I feel like in terms of energy, Ar- or like Aris is the more cool headed of the two, so he has mm-hmm. to be Sasuke by default, I guess. Mm-hmm. And, ter- and Terry's I take more your thirsty word for, for it. <laughs> Terry's more thirsty for Aris, which is like Naruto's definitely more thirsty for Sasuke. So that makes sense. Mm. Uh, that tracks. That tracks. <laughs> is there a, a Naruto character we can connect to Danielle? Well, she would have to be Sakura then, right? Yeah. Like she's a, like a little tomboy, girly, 
um, and like is horribly mistreated by the narrative. So that's it's Dan- yeah, Daniel Sucker. <laughs> <laughs> there we go i'm just gonna instead of like posting a clip from this episode i'm just gonna post like a picture of naruto you uh, should and sakura i can't be the no, first that person just be like the, the, the like podcasts are just for this episode we'll be like just a picture from naruto yes uh, please and jeff is their kakashi of course oh of course i definitely know who that is oh my um, god <laughs> listen um <laughs> So they get a surprise reward challenge. Um, mm-hmm. Jeff gags the girls are kind of expecting. I mean, they kind of know like there's okay. It's not quite day 38 yet. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the reveal, the reveal is that it's uh, uh, just a reward challenge, but for a huge meal, a very protein heavy meal. Um, <laughs> and... They have to like go do the table maze, get the bags, do a spinning wheel, climb up uh, a ladder, and then raise a flag. It's very sur- every Survivor challenge ever now. Yes, um, it's I. I think the phrase that Jeff uses is like, "This is designed to make you to give you an advantage in the next challenge." Um, I just my favorite part though is they like lovingly pan over this plate of like unseasoned chicken. <laughs> like, what the fuck is going on? Um, and you get a bed. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, yeah, the bed. Yes, which they make such. That's like, a good a- reward. Yeah, but I I don't know. <laughs> I, feel like I mean, it's a, to... calling it a bed. It's a cot. Yeah, when they get back to camp, Danielle is kind of like jokingly like, ha, like, can I use it? But I, she doesn't even seem enthusiastic about it. It seems like kind of shitty. <laughs> they're like, it's like oh, a military darn. cot. Yeah, they're like, darn it. I wanted that cot. Like, no, they did not. They're trying to like. But Terry's it. like, oh, we slept on these at the Naval Academy where no one likes these <laughs> seals. It made him feel like right at home at the Naval Academy. <laughs> that oh, my, he, oh my God. Sorry. Yes. Keep going. My, my one note from this challenge was Jeff telling Danielle to go back and read the directions again. He hates her. Ooh, I know. I mean, well, it's like when, when two battering rams are like going at it in front of Jeff, he's like, he wants the girlies to move. He, he needs a full view of it. So she's just in the way. And I like, I mean, I feel like it came up with maybe it was no, it was last year, it was last episode. Maybe Jeff's just like being a coach, and he knows he's like, you know, like she's captain of sports. I'm yes. making her feel right at home if I really like hammer into her when she's fucking up. But it's just like I've that's been a takeaway from this season, like this rewatch is like how often Jeff like just calls out Danielle at tribal during the challenges, um, and you can imagine he wasn't super stoked that she ended up making it to the end. <laughs> um yeah maybe he's like you said maybe he's in teacher mode he's like we're we're calling out bad behavior but then he never calls out good behavior so it's like not it doesn't make sense it's not (laughs) but uh but he does call it good behavior whenever it's terry's concern terry he's like like, terry you played this game as hard as you can play it like it's like shut up um Terry, but Terry comes from behind and wins uh, with a big celebration. He goes like, "Yeah, yeah, 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 yeah!" Like uh, <laughs> I think Nassim described, like a like a Fortnite kid. Um, <laughs> and then exactly. he like tackle Aris is so pissed, and he like tackles Aris, and he's like, "You are the ultimate competitor." Oh, oof. yeah, it's a lot. He's like, "You're always right there, man." It's like, okay, it's like it's it's like kind of patronizing, but also kind of a genuine compliment. 
it's uh, Terry is a strange, strange man. <laughs> he is. So he wins this big meal. He gets us caught and he goes to eat it. And they get back to camp. Aris and Dania get back to camp. And Aris is like, girl, we need to win. Like, we need to pull <laughs> this together. Like, we that with that clown, we cannot let him get to the end. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I love this, like, well, that's, like, their version of strategy talk, I guess. Um, it's just beat Terry. Yeah, like, I guess we have to try to win again. <laughs> um, and then when Terry comes back, I'm, ups- this is so funny, this scene of <laughs> this him is- being, like, it wasn't a lot of food, and then he, like, lists, like, so much, and then the exact ounce amount of water and, like, <laughs> juice he got <laughs> or something. And like, then 32 just says- ounces of water. And he's like, yeah, and that was it. <laughs> yeah, they just like stare at him. For I, that was like, you know, the editors were having a ball with that moment. No, that was crazy. They list everything, and it's like, yeah, that was it. It's just like, oh, like he is like, it could either be no awareness or like purposefully doing that to like piss Aris off. Like it really could go either way with it. It's hard to tell. Like it really is hard mm-hmm. to tell if it's like, if it's like a strategy or if he is just like like that. <laughs> Yeah, and Aris is like, well, the meal could be a psychological disadvantage. Like, you know, you're really full and you think you're going to do well. And then you like the pressure, you know, it's like, it's like, okay, it's very much like, uh, okay, cope. <laughs> yeah, literally the copium is real. <laughs> but it does also feel like the producers being like, how could this be bad for Terry? Well, like, yeah, like you yeah. said, they're, they're trying to get they're trying to get something out of this damn final three, and it's like, okay, let's talk about how much unseasoned chicken can be a disadvantage in the game of Survivor. Yeah, like the the problem with this finale, and it's again, like it kind of had to be like this because the main action of the season is Kasayan at this point. The Kas- it comes down to Kasai at the end, um, but it's, you know, sh- we've lost Shane, we've lost Courtney, so that, like, central conflict is gone, and then they put all the conflict at the top of the episode with, like, will Suri make it? And then they put, the- after that's decided, it's like, okay, will Terry make it? And then that's decided, and then that just, again, like we said, just leaves us to- with this final two uh, that they hadn't haven't spent a ton of time investing in. Um, like, in terms of, like, the relationship like, between Aris and Danielle and it just, they, they're not like the dynamic between them isn't as interesting as the, the other dynamics they've set up prior to this episode and at the top of the episode. Exactly. There's very little contrast between them. And I do think a lot of that is because of how young they are. That's just like, uh, there's like little babies and it's like, of course they're not fully formed personalities yet. Like they're yeah. like 24. <laughs> so I get it. Um, but I, that's, it's just a weird thing to think about. It's like, you are a 24 year old and like, if you're in Danielle's position, like that is like such a huge decision to wrap your brain around. So I understand why they are kind of like clamming up in these moments in this finale. Because mm-hmm. they're totally <laughs> no. Cause like when I first watched this season, I was like, 24 is so old. Like I'll right. never be 24. That's like a Ancient. thousand years from now. <laughs> and now I'm 20, I'm 27. And I'm like, Oh babies. Like, Literally. like if I had been in that situation, I would have been a mess. Like I'd be a mess today still. Like, you know, like, exactly. Um, and so it's just interesting that perspective shift of being like, Oh, this is not, this is quite young. Literally, um, you know, <laughs> <laughs> um, but we, we do get we get fallen comrades, which is always a fun. I have comments. <laughs> yes, this is a funny ass fallen comrades. 
Um, what are your what did were your takeaways? Because I have a few. <laughs> okay, first of all, none of them met Tina, so all Ara says is Tina, you were the first one out. <laughs> Period. And she was. <laughs> they have no idea this woman's like rich backstory. <laughs> like God. Tina, you're the first one out. And then Terry just says Melinda, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> they just, just said to Courtney too. <laughs> They're just like Courtney. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god just like melinda courtney and then i have the, i wrote down bob's quote i came out here to put the smack down on a few fools and take a sh- <laughs> and i think he says and take a shot at the million <laughs> like, love love Rest that <laughs> and my then favorite. i wrote down oh what did you write down i wrote down for dan's um terry calls him a confidant i was like is he making a golden girls reference like what are you dan you were a pal and a confidant a confidant (laughs) okay um and the only other one i noted beyond the courtney one which i i said the lack of words for courtney was insane and then aris describing shane as crazy (laughs) ugly beautiful insane Put it, put it in a blender, drink it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what the fuck is he talking about? <laughs> it's just the, the day thirty nine brain rot. I think. I mean, he's right. I would. I would yeah. say, like, <laughs> I don't know about beautiful, but um, I mean, <laughs> isn't there beauty in beautiful moments? Yeah. Yes. Um. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Oh my gosh. Was this pre Shane being um one of Tyler the Creator's besties? I mean, I've who who could have predicted all the strange journey Shane Powers would go on after the show? I'm gonna take a guess. Like Tyler the Creator was quite young. Right. Uh, so hopefully he, they Tyler, weren't besties. Creator was 15, so probably not. <laughs> hopefully not. Um. Yeah. That's as uh, Shane Powers as like a figure in pop culture is like so strange. They'll just pop up in yeah. places and you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm glad that that was like still that held true for the people who spent 30, like that 30 plus days with this man. Yeah. Um, and then my other note was like, it rocks. They set the skull on fire. Yes. Ass. It's so good. I'm like, where has the budget gone? I mean, obviously we had a Sandra and a Rob statue, <laughs> but um, I mean, I didn't finish Island of the Idols, so I have no idea if they ended up burning those, but this skull uh, going up in flames is dope. And you know, <laughs> you know that they were like, so like that was kind of like the conceit of Exile Island probably was like, oh, and we're going to have the skull that they're going to light on fire at the end of the game. And it's like, it looks fucking cool. Yeah, it's fucking cool. Um, I'm very, again, I understand some people are very, like, much glad we don't have Fallen Comrades anymore, because it is, like, uh, it is, like, a bit of a time suck, especially when you're, if the cast is not particularly compelling and you're going through all these um, boring people, but I I do, it does bring something back for me, because I just, again, like, I feel like I mentioned maybe, was it Stan watching or maybe it was a different podcast I talked about this, like, it just reminds me of being a kid watching Survivor, like, I love <laughs> this part. Because it's like when you're watching it live, you forget people, um, yeah. and it just adds a bit of drama. I don't. It's, it's like it's like I think I've said in another podcast. I don't need it back, uh, but it, like there are certain seasons where I'm really glad it's there. This is one of them because it's just very, yes. it's very funny. And like Palau is another one I love when Ian and Tom aren't talking to each other, and so Katie has to like run, follow <laughs> comrades. Um, and so I mean, it leads to some good moments. Yes, and I mean, I feel like the the um, Heroes Villains one is obviously really great. There are good Fallen Comrades, like you said. I think m- there is a version of this that could work. 
But like you said, I'm like, to me, the thing that I love that is back is the Jury Speaks segments that they do again yes. now. That is, to me, the perfect version of like looking mm-hmm. back. It's like, we just need to remember who's sitting on the jury, honestly. Yes, I'm. Ve- that was something I was very. I when they that came back was it was forty two that 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 came yes. back out of nowhere. That was I remember being so hyped. I remember like being like, oh, I was watching my friend like, oh shit, <laughs> it's they're back. like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, though that was so exciting. So I hope to see like more little things like that thrown in. Um, you know, we're not getting Ponderosa videos anymore. Uh, or as far as we know, that's still not a thing that's going to happen. So, like, if they're whatever they're able to do to kind of remind us of who these jurors are and give them a little bit of a voice, um, is appreciated. Especially since we don't get freaking jury speeches anymore, Ugh, which are like watching this through. I was like, I miss jury speeches so much. Um, we can we'll definitely never get another about- Courtney. Never. It's oh my god, that is tragic to me. Um, but we can talk about that when we get there. <laughs> yes. First, we can talk about this controversial immunity challenge. Why is it controversial? I don't know if I know um, the like surrounding thing. So there's some contra. I've definitely seen some controversy and some discussion about this. Um, uh, because so the the immunity challenge is you're like standing on mm-hmm. floating platforms, um, and uh, the platforms get smaller and smaller. So it's a balance based one. I've just this. Is- They've done, they did like a kind of balance in the platform in the water, like the squatting one in Pearl Islands. Yeah. Um, but this one, I've seen some conversation about how it's like the lighter person is like always going to win. Yeah. Um, because of like weight and like how <laughs> physics work. Um, and so I've like, they never did this one again. I, and like, I think as far as I remember, and I've just, I I disagree with like people. I've seen it. It suggested that it was like rigged against Terry, and I'm like, no, no. they would never rig it against Terry. Jeff tries like, to rig it for Terry. It gives him so long to balance. He's like, okay, you got two seconds, one and a half, one Mississippi. Like it's two. like Jeff really wants him to be balanced and standing. Like, no, this was not rigged against Terry. They definitely like came up with this at the beginning of the season, and they were like fuck (laughs) yeah i just think this was a poorly thought out immunity challenge that um that they didn't really consider oh yeah this might not have equal outcomes for everyone who does it um especially when they were like rigging it for danielle (laughs) no and especially when you remember the okay so the reward from the last challenge was supposed to be like this will help you in your next one if you're full of fucking food I feel like you are going to weigh way more. So it's like not an advantage at all, actually. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Poorly thought out. I mean, honestly, that reminds, it reminds you of Guatemala's final one in a way where it was like it, the taller person wins that final immunity of Guatemala always. I think they were just in a weird moment where they didn't want to do hands on a hard idol for some reason, that, but it had to be an endurance one. And so this is what they came up with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I I think it was like, but again, like all survivor challenges like are biased in some way in like mm-hmm. skill sets and stuff. So like, I don't think it's that egregious. Um, but I think it's good that they ha- didn't you know bring it back. So I think it's just not it's a little much. out. It's also not the very interesting. Like it's just like watching people maybe sink and, and oh my fall. god. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I called in my notes like Daniel winning is like a non-event. It's like, yeah. I feel like this challenge maybe lasted five minutes is like the vibe. Yeah, because 
Yeah, Terry drops, we get the sad music, and then like two seconds later, Aris looks at Danielle and she nods and he's like yeets off. And yeah. she says, God never makes it easy for me. <laughs> and I was like, I think so... he kind of did. This was a pretty easy challenge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is when like you see da- Danielle does not say a word after she wins. She looks so distraught and like she's about to cry. I feel really bad for Danielle after this. Well, yeah, she, she clearly the- didn't even consider that she would win. Like, she wanted to. She's a captain of sports. But she was always playing at this point for Terry to win and take her, or Aris to win and take her. Um, yeah. And on the one hand, you could have been like, well, girl, just like, you just could have thrown it. But uh, I think she she could... I don't think she could have let herself do that either. Yeah, and I just think she... I don't know. I don't think she had her wits about her. Like I, <laughs> she feel rarely like she, does. I love I her, know. but she I don't want to. I don't want to make that sound like I'm calling her like dumb or something because I'm not. That's like not what I'm trying to. say. I'm just. But it's no. just like she's not. She's young and she's like in that moment. You you look over. Aris nods and probably just like you're like uh okay. And then he just jumps. So it's like what are you like? I don't. Yeah, I totally yeah. see how she would be caught up in that moment. I think, no, like, I, w- I w- want to give Danielle a lot of credit. I mean, I I give Danielle credit more than some people. I really love Danielle as a character. And, um, He's great. I mean, like, I she brings, like, her one, like, really strong moment in the final Tribal Council is when, in contrast to Aris's terrible answer to this question, which we'll get Ugh. to, is, like, a move, like, uh, she's proud of and the move that didn't feel so good was, you know, like, that three, two, one, one vote in the pre-merge, like her coming together with Sari and Courtney to run that vote. And she be- clearly benefited the most from Bruce staying because she had some really crazy relationship with Bruce we didn't see. Yeah. Um, and like, yeah, like she was playing the game. I just feel like in after the merge in particular, Danielle, like, I think, like, as everyone got really settled in Kasaya, and it was like, okay, like, what's going to happen after we get rid of Terry, or like, if Terry doesn't go, Danielle just got really excited and, like, would kind of just not, like, say yes to things in the moment, or get excited about things, or get angry about things in the moment. I think she responded a little quickly at times to things um, and didn't, like, wasn't always necessarily thinking, like, how's this going to play out? What am I going to do next? And so she finds herself in this moment of, like, Oh, I have I have power here. I don't know what I'm gonna do. Like I don't. She just didn't think about this. I know. Well, my uh, the line I love that she says when they get back is, "My brain started thinking right away." <laughs> <laughs> I know. I like what that done too. It's like, yes, queen, turn those wheels. Queen of thinking. Yes, my brain is thinking. <laughs> I, I know. I just feel honestly, my only like my big emotional takeaway from this is I just feel so bad for Danielle. Yeah, she's clearly struggling with this. And it is a big decision to put on someone, especially I feel like at this time when Survivor was still like a huge cultural touchstone, even like we're, we're kind of in the waning days of it, but it's still like people were watching, like casual audiences were still watching. That's a huge thing to put on Danielle. I'm sure she knows in the back of her mind, Terry, like is like a great underdog story. She probably knew Suri would be liked by people. So it's like, what the hell am I supposed to do now? Um, and it's like this to me is like again the like most compelling argument for why we need a freaking final two again. It's like how <laughs> yeah. is this like this is the only drama in the episode is what the fuck is Danielle gonna do and like she is struggling with that decision. Yeah, no, and and yeah, she's she 
she and she handles it poorly and it's like yeah it's like a little hard to watch like her conversations with terry and danielle uh terry and danielle and aris and danielle um yeah terry and aris they they kind of just both know they have these some sort of agreement with her and it's a matter of which agreement is going to play out and you know Terry's like, are we good? And she's like, do you think it's fair for me to bring someone who I think could beat me? And it's like, uh, like, it's a good, that's, she's just like, it's like, she clearly is feeling very alone right now and having to make this decision and like trying to find a way to like, well, if Terry says it's fair for me to not bring him, then that makes it easier. Um, Like, I think she's kind of like hoping one of them will be like, it's okay. Like, do yeah, what you like, need to do. Me. But of course, they're both gonna pitch. They're both gonna pitch their case, and so she's kind of stuck. Exactly. And t- Terry's reasoning, like his, like so blatantly trying to play the. Oh, I don't think they'll vote for me. People don't like me. Yeah. It's like okay. Like you're not fooling anyone. Um. Yeah. I just don't know how Danielle plays this in a way that like gets her either of their jury vote. I mean, I feel like Aris would vote for her. I don't know. I just feel like I don't that know. That's like, the thing. It's like Aris and Terry's relationship. I feel like Terry was always going to vote for Aris because, like, they just had that relationship throughout the whole, like, po- like even though it was contentious, it was like Terry was clearly like enjoying it. Like, there's like some, a bond there that wasn't there with Danielle um, because I think he always assumed he would be sitting next to her at the end, and so like didn't really care about getting her jury vote or not, or like didn't even think about that relationship in that way. And I just feel like in general, this jury is just like not a great setup for her. Yeah, no, it's it's just like we talked earlier in the season. Okay, like does Terry win or not? And and we were kind of like looking at the jury as we had it there, and it's like I think Terry does. Like, especially I had forgotten Shane's speech. Yeah. Um. Now again, like putting the whole what ifs in jury stuff is always like hard. Like it's kind of a futile exercise. Um, but I, I do think like she kind of was losing either way. Um, I think she's drawing dead. Well, as soon as Shane leaves, she's drawing dead. I think. Yes. Like, and like, I think Sari definitely beats Aris and Danielle. I don't, I feel like her and Terry is a toss up. Um, I would, yeah. I feel like we'd have to go maybe more in depth to figure out who would win between the two of them. I don't know with Danielle and Aris on the jury though, it might swing for Sari more. Potentially, yeah. I, I no, I think I think that Suri would get Aris. Like that in that scenario, I think Aris would get give his vote to Suri. Um, but right. so like, it, it, but it'd be tight because she 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 would have to get all the Kasaya votes because all the Laminas are going to Terry, and exactly. then and then there's if one or two of the Kasayas are up in the air, um, that's you know game over for her. So yeah, she's I think she's kind of drawing dead at this point. I do think. T- Terry like finally makes a good pitch to Danielle um, where it's just like, where he's just like, take, if you go with Aris, like your odds of getting the Kasaya votes go down. Yeah. Um, which is like, yes, there are Lamina, but player people on the jury, but they're not the majority. Like. Exactly. He, she, he still has to get a Kasaya vote on his side at minimum. And so Terry's pitch is just like, if you go with Aris, like he could snag those. Like, yes, the Lamina votes are maybe more up in the air, but the Kasaya votes, you have no idea. You could have no idea where those are going. But if you go exactly. with me, it's a better deal of where the Kasaya votes go. So it's, it's tough. It's just like, again, like making these kind of predictions 
you never fully know. Like the uh, Danielle knew she had Bruce's vote, I think. But other than that, there was so much up in the air for her. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, like you said, maybe it would have been better for her to go with Terry. But I also feel like Aris's final tribal and hers is also not good, obviously. But like, uh, it's like, I don't know, maybe she did make the right choice because Aris is also really floppy in this final tribal, I will say. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but Danielle's another, a lot of great Danielle quotes. I'm so indecisive as it is because I'm a Gemini. Because I'm a Gemini. To Terry. <laughs> He's like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> I love it so much. Oh, I love And then Aris's pitch. What were you going to say? I just say I love Double D. She's great. Double D. Uh, Double D, t- the twins. <laughs> yes. She's got those. Um, but um, Aris's pitch is like, I'd be real sad if you voted me out after I jumped off the lily pad. <laughs> That's basically his pitch. <laughs> I mean, I but then he does say, like, you know, if you take Terry, you lose me and Sari. Um, I mean, that's a good argument, Mike. Yeah. <sighs> that is Ugh, tough. It's tough. And, and then he gets, he just says, like, oh, you better bring me, I swear to God. Like, it's just like, there's, uh, like, Aris is getting very childish with, with his pitches, uh, but it works out for him. Uh, yeah. I did want to note, what's with all the cunty necklaces on the jury? I know. Like, there were three cunty necklaces, and Sally wears hers to final tribal. Um, but at this, at this tribal where Terry goes, I noticed Sari had one, Sally had one, and Courtney had one. So the ladies were coordinating. Yes. I don't know what that, maybe it was like to, um, I don't know, to like, take some power from Terry. Like you're always wearing the immunity necklace, but we have our necklaces. The cuntiest really necklaces don't... of all. Yes. I mean, oh, we did skip over that. But when Danielle has the immunity necklace on it, it just looks like a like horrible top. on. It's like so huge yes. on her. I was like, oh, whoa, it got. Um, it's a weird, it's a weird immunity necklace. And it's like not designed to go on like a tiny little girl. <laughs> No, uh, but yeah, the necklaces are going strange. a big tough man from the, the naval man. academy. Yeah, um, I yeah, I maybe it was just that time. I feel like housewives always love a huge ass necklace, so maybe it was just the era <laughs> for it. Yeah, maybe it's the tre- a micro trend. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we get to this this tribal. It's kind of a nothing burger of a tribal, honestly. Yeah, I was gonna, I didn't write anything down other than Harry's final words. Yeah, I skipped right over the because I'm a Gemini line to the uh, day 39 brunch of it all. <laughs> yeah, I can just read Terry's final words. She picks Terry to go like, woo, he, the ding dong, the witch is dead. <laughs> Yay, we did it. I know. We it's did like, it. Oh, it's, it's rough. I Like we said, I feel like there was kind of just no winning, no winning scenario for Danielle unless she just was like a completely different person who like, could sell this i know that's mean but it's like she just isn't it's like the only way she would win is if she like were capable of like convincing terry that you're my biggest competition i'm gonna get you out for it like she wasn't playing that game up to this point and so of course it was always gonna rub terry raw that she just turned on him at the very end like she just wasn't playing a winning game yeah like this was really again we talked about jury management this was really bad jury management of Terry again like I think Terry was always going to be predisposed to voting Aris at the end because that's his competitor if he's like I can't win I want Aris to win but the way Daniel played this was very indecisive very flighty a little childish um, some might young, say Gemini think, 
Yeah, Gemini, I think, like, I say childish in the sense of how Terry's going to read it. He's going to be yes. like, oh, this young girl, like, can't decide. It's going, it's more emotional. Like, you know, yeah. it's it's not in a way, like, I think if she had, again, I think he was talking about Aris, but if she was playing this more like a game, like this decision as still part of the game, um, the, the play would have been to be like, Terry, you're my biggest competitor. Like, I hope you yeah. can respect my decision and what I need to do. And I'm here to win. Um, I'm not here to, you know, you know, jeopardize my chances. And this is what I'm doing. Exactly. Again, she just didn't do that. You know, so it's like, that's what I mean when I say like you, she would just have to be a different person entirely (laughs) for this to work. Um, Now, yeah, we're here that because this is the, this is the one move that lands Danielle on the heroes versus villains cast. (laughs) <laughs> um, this is if you read like the in like or I think it's on the season no in the in the first episode of Heroes vs Villains when they're going through everyone this is the justification that's given for Danielle being on the season that she betrayed Terry which is like, <laughs> she was she was an alternate I believe she replaced Corinne um, oh god and so they had to find something because she's not a villain in this season narratively um, you know again if you're viewing like. I think the, uh, the modern super fan viewer is seeing Kasaya kind of as the main characters and Terry as the, prota- the the antagonist. But at the time, Terry was definitely played more as the protagonist and Kasaya is just like this weird bunch of people and Suri. Um, and so it like makes sense. Like, oh, Danielle took out the protagonist of the season, but it's still a pretty weak reason because she doesn't do it in a cutthroat way at all. She's just like, oh, I guess this is what I have to do. I know it's like a bumbling villain. I guess she's like a Team Rocket kind of villain in that way. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> Which I mean, it's it's fierce, it's iconic in its own way. Like Candace being a hero, like it's I love it because it's like doesn't oh, make yeah. sense, but it's iconic. <laughs> and I'm glad she's on here as versus villains. I think she has some fun moments on there. Um, so glad she's there. But it is very funny when you look into why she was on the cast and you watch the season, and it's like okay. This is not a villainous move. This is a young person put in a difficult situation who was going, she was going to betray move. someone either way. Yeah, she was going yeah. to betray someone either way. It was not like she did, like, I went out of her way to do something villainous. This was what, something she was put in the position to do. Exactly. Um, yeah, <laughs> it is what it is. Um, time for breakfast and mimosas. Let me read Terry's final words. I did it for oh. everyone else. I should do it for him too. Boo. Um, Boo. Okay. Uh, the biggest mistake I made was not keeping the game in my own hands and then relying on someone else to take care of it for me. I would not say that was your biggest mistake what? in the game, my man. <laughs> um, that's w- what got me, but it was not bad for a 46-year-old guy. I hope I made my friends and family proud. And Terry Deeds is not a perfect guy, and there will always be room for better change. So I like the sentiment he le- ends on. Uh, yeah. I disagree about his biggest mistake. <laughs> yeah, but I agree that Terry P- Deeds is not a perfect guy. Mm-hmm. oh yes we're <laughs> on the same page about that yes <laughs> i agree that's it's a nice little sentiment at the end um yeah terry's an interesting figure to think about in survivor lore um have you talked about second like him coming back yes we've touched on it yeah yeah it's like I mean, I feel like Terry in Second Chance feels more heroic than he is here. I feel, like you said, he feels mm-hmm. much more antagonistic, especially from like a modern day lens. Um, but yes. at, at the time, he was a big character, 
And I, I don't think you can ever take that away from him. He was yes. a big driving force in this season because he was honest, because like he's, he's kind of doing the opposite of what his final words are saying. He was like, actively taking the power away from other people by just constantly being immune because they wanted him out yeah. of the game. <laughs> um, so yeah, interesting uh, assessment of his own game. Can't wait to see his little jury talk. <laughs> yes. Bye-bye, Terry. Bye-bye, Terry. Uh, Terry. <laughs> so Aris and Danielle get to hang out back at camp. Danielle's like, they remark upon how young they are. She says, we're the youngest but smartest. Don't know about that, <laughs> about either of you. Oh, she's so funny. You both certainly made it to the end, but... <laughs> you <laughs> are here. The, the jury, the, the final tribal council performances speak for themselves. Oh, yeah. It's a rough one. Um, my biggest takeaway from these moments is how Aris's pants are just like falling off and his voluptuous ass is just like poking out. I'm like, the fact that you've been starving for 39 days and you still got all that, kudos to yeah. you, Aris. <laughs> I did not remark upon that, but I'm glad I'm glad oh I have you here to point That's... out the the dumb trunk. Yes, I'm I can't believe Christine, what's wrong with you? Well, you weren't ogling <laughs> the man's ass. Um, but it is <laughs> It's yes. I think I called Aris a whore in this moment for having his shorts falling down. It's it's fierce. It's a good look for Aris. I think he should stick with it. So Danielle just give her justification for taking Aris. She says it's because she wanted to be loyal to Kasaya. Interesting. Uh, really? <laughs> really? Interesting. Um that's a choice. Um yeah. Um, so that's the- again funny that she's framed as a villain for that um, in Heroes vs. Villains because yeah. ultimately she was loyal to her earlier alliance anyway <laughs> yeah she like ended the pagongi that they were trying to accomplish like okay mm-hmm. how villainous um, yeah. to me the big takeaway from this breakfast is the fucking weird noises they like put into this did you notice <laughs> what, this like what, what, no, I've, what was it well, there's a part when like Danielle like licks the spatula and she like moans. Oh and then, yeah. And then she like puts her finger through like some like I, maybe they made eggs or something, or maybe it was like icing from cinnamon rolls or something. But it's like a loud slurping sound effect, and she like yes. like licks her finger. It's like what the fuck is going on? Jeff is sick. He's sick for this one. Yeah, I know he was sitting there on the soundboard. Like yeah raunchy it's like very weird again i think they're trying to play up like a weird romance but they have no chemistry <laughs> um so my just favorite... to, like subliminally make it horny yeah literally is that's the vibe it's like so weird um but uh, my favorite shot of this little segment is ours is like getting a confessional about like yeah we're like day 39 where we are with like champagne bottle in hand and he's like i guess like explaining what they're about to do, which is just like go for a walk, and Danielle the just like Dan- walk. <laughs> Danielle like like saunters up behind him silently with like a glass full of champagne. It's so funny. <laughs> they're both like really drunk. <laughs> so they go for a mimosa like little walk. Or like we're gonna reflect on this journey. It's gonna be so beautiful. And then they're walking on the beach, like on the wet rocks. And Ara slips and falls on the rocks, like shatters a bunch of glass. And he gets a shard of glass in his back and like on his fingers and on his hand in his hand. 
And he gets up pretty quickly and yanks it out of his back. But then he starts bleeding quite a bit. They're not like very deep wounds. But like if you've ever had that kind of like cut from like glass or like paint from just like a paper cut, it bleeds like crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, But he does, it is, he does have shards of glass in his hand. Um, He hits the shablam too hard. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, honestly, my, for, I, I, always kind of forget that this happened, but then I'm like, oh yeah, but I, to me, what looks like the most painful is how he just slams his back into the rock. No, yeah, that would knock the fucking wind out of you. I've fallen like like that before. I was a kid, like, it was on a softer surface, but it absolutely knocked the wind out of me. I know, it's like, I think, like, I've, like, slipped downstairs before, and, like, when it, like, just hitting the back, like, it's just like, like, it's like, oof, that looked really fucking painful, and I'm oof. I but his my a note about this was like it'd be kind of iconic if Danielle had just like won by default here. <laughs> yeah, um, I think this is kind of the conversation that comes up a lot about this finale. Is like what would what is like production's plan if the final two if one of them gets medevaced in this moment? Like I don't think they do they talk about it in the like I didn't watch the reunion so I don't really know if they talk about it at all. I don't. I also didn't watch the reunion. I mean, I don't think they. They certainly don't say what they would have done because it's like, like with the Micronesia. What if it had been a tie thing? They just like don't want to comment on it. And I think it's probably that they didn't have a plan. Exactly, <laughs> like, which is bad. Yeah. I which so um, I'm glad that Aris is able to get stitched up. It looks really fucking bad, especially on his hand. It's like sliced open. Ooh. No, it's gnarly. And medical, you know, they, they're like, okay, like, we'll have to numb your hand. He's like, I don't want to, like, you to give me anything that's going to make it so I can't form a coherent sentence. And Danielle's like, drug him up. I love that. <laughs> so funny. And that she brings it up in the <laughs> final trial. Yeah. So good. I'm just kidding. I was joking. Yeah. Like, oh my God. It was, it was a funny little joke. <laughs> she's so goofy for that. Um, love her so much. Um, and I love Aris's takeaway from this is that his ego has been shattered throughout this yeah. journey, which is a great, honestly, that's a good takeaway, especially as a winner. I think that's good. Mm-hmm. You want to come out of the game thinking I could have done way better. Yeah. I, I think some winners come out of it being like, I played the perfect game. I won. I served. Yeah. Yes. And it's like, no, Aris knows that he was not the best and that's okay. Mm. And I think that makes him a better winner for it. Um, yeah. I think. Look, I feel like Aris, I mean, I don't know. What's your personal like thought on him as, I guess, to get a little ahead of ourselves? What are your thoughts on Aris as a winner? I mean, I think the, the problem with Aris is just like on any other, I think we've, as we've discussed the season, on any other season, he would have been a big, wacky character. Yes. Um, but being on this season, he's not the biggest character. He's not, he becomes more of a distinct character after Courtney leaves and Shane leaves. And the main thing becomes him and, and Terry. Um, but he's just not a very strong character either way. He's not a bad game player, but he's not like, just by virtue of this season being more about Kasaya as an alliance than mm-hmm. any individual person. Um, I mean, I would say the main character of Kasaya strategically and comes out being more Sari. And so it's just more like, it's hard for me to judge Aris as a winner just because this season is so centered around Kasaya as a group and he's just not the strongest presence in the group. I don't think he's a bad winner. He's just the the perfect middle of the road winner of yes. like, 
Yeah, like he didn't do anything egregiously bad. He didn't do anything like, wow, fireworks. He was just the guy who made it to the end and who had the better case out of the two. And that's all it takes to win. And he deserved it. Um, I would have loved to see Danielle get more votes. I would have loved to see her have a stronger final tribal council because I do think there was a stronger case for her to make for herself as like, yes, Aris and Sari were aligned, but um, really some critical stuff. I mean, again, I come back to the Bob Dog vote. That was like pretty critical in like establishing where Kasaya was going to go, where the power was on Kasaya. Um, and Danielle was a big part of that and Aris wasn't. Um, and yes, that was pre-merge. So, you know, that doesn't have as much weight. Um, but I, I, yeah, I would have loved to see, I, I think out of the two of them, Aris had the better case. And I think I was, you know, not unhappy to see him win, but I would have loved to see like Danielle, it be like a one vote difference because I think it could have been if Danielle had made a stronger case for herself. I agree. I feel like um, obviously a lot is said about how there were not as many blowouts in early Survivor. And this feels like a weird one to be a blowout. It's like, this should have been a lot more even, I think, like you said, for all those reasons. It's like, I think Aris has more of a case in terms of like the competitive side of things. And he, he was, he was kind of like a second in command to Sari, but um, <clears throat> I feel like women don't ever get enough, like don't ever get the credit for being second in command ever. <laughs> so it's weird that Aris yeah. gets that credit while, like you said, Danielle led a vote, like very directly, like orchestrated a vote. And it's like on like, it's like everyone can agree you made that vote happen. It's like, and to not get that credit, but she doesn't really make the argument strongly enough. She brings it up, but it's just like, it's like, that's her moment. But it's like, like you said, she needed to play that up. She needed to play her up, up her like strategic um, sort of agency in the game, which I think she had a little more than Aris. Yeah. And you know, she didn't and Aris won and kudos to him. Uh, but yes. he's just, I see why he's not, uh, you know, genuinely not brought up much in discussion. And when we talk about winners, we talk about good winners or bad winners, because he's just kind of there. He was just I the know. guy, Kasaya, who made it. And so it's, you know, it's kind of, he doesn't get put in either side of the conversation, really. So he kind of gets, I can't even, I can try to think of another winner who kind of fits that mold of like, we don't even really talk about them. I know. I mean, of the first 12 seasons, I feel like he is definitely the most of that ilk. I feel like everyone else you can like yeah. recall more easily or you can like be like, oh my gosh, yeah, of the final two, they were clearly the superior one. And Aris, I think, is the first of his kind. I don't, I feel like there are some who maybe fit the mold. But again, I feel like they end up being even bigger characters than he was, like you said. Um, so yeah, Aris is kind of unique in that way in the winner's circle. Yeah. Where he's just kind of um <laughs> there. No, he's just there. Good for him. Yes, uh, but, shall we get um, into the details of this final tribal? Yes, I did not mean to skip over uh, easily the most <laughs> part of this episode. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I'll read kind of my summaries of their opening statements, and then we'll go through each question and answer. Um, so Ars' overall case he's making for himself with his opening statement and with a lot of his answers is that he played with honesty and integrity. Shane laughs. Um, <laughs> and like, he emphasizes like I, yes, I made these game relationships, but I also made genuine attempts to get to know everyone. Whereas Danielle's opening statement is just a lot more vague. She can tell she's quite nervous um, and not very confident. And uh, she kind of to counter Aris underlines I had to choose to lie and deceive people. 
So she does make an effort to like distinguish her game from ours, but her opening statement and both of them are pretty meh, but hers is reads as a little more nervous to me. Absolutely. She's way less like, I don't think she even knows what her narrative was for the game. Um, she's, I think approaching it honestly, um, to like compare it to a previous tribe, like final tribal. She's very like Kelly Wigglesworth to me in that sense mm. where she is like clearly like a competitive, like younger woman who's like was in sports a lot probably. So she's like honestly approaching this in a way that you see like, um, like women athletes or just athletes in general do the like post game interviews. It's kind of a just like, yeah. yeah, we all did our best out there. And like, I'm just here to answer all your questions not realizing that this is a more like a court case. Um, this is like, mm. you're making an argument in favor of yourself. Danielle's I think too much in the sport mindset as a captain of sports. Um, of you know, course. When you're the captain. You're, you're speaking for the team, but in this case, it's like, there's no team. You are an individual. You need to talk yourself up a little more. <laughs> yeah. So they get their opening statements and Sally and her cunty necklace go first. <laughs> um, she, her question is like, which I, li- I like, I, the, I like the, um, her and Austin, I think, asked some good questions as outsiders to this whole Kasaya thing. You know, Terry was a bit more in it because he lasted longer. Um, and, but Sally asks, you know, like, who in the Kasaya Alliance contributed most to why you both are sitting here? Um, and unsurprisingly, they both say Suri. Like, it's, it, who, like, what other answer would it, there be? Like, literally, it's Suri. Everyone would say Suri. It's her. Her smile when they say this is so cute. I love Suri so much. Um, I feel like obviously she's a big um, topic right now on social media as her <laughs> season of Big Brother is airing. And I'm sorry, but like, no amount of like whiny Big Brother Twitter users are ever going to make me turn against Suri. I don't care how good she is at making your little your little show boring because she's so good at the game. I'm sorry that she does that, but that's just how she is. And I'm sorry that you <laughs> feel that way, but sh- I will never turn my back on Mother. Period. <laughs> um, hopefully when people listen to this like in the future, hopefully Suri will also be a Big Brother winner. Um, but she is just like such a light, such a fun character. And I'm glad we get to see more of her. It's like, I feel like there are yeah. a lot of these characters that are kind of one-offs, which is also, you know, has its own appeal. But, you know, I'm glad Suri gets her flowers in the moment too. Like Jeff even yeah. recognizes it. So love that. Love it. Uh, so then Bruce goes next and he compares them to samurai warriors. And then <laughs> basically he's like, not necessarily what are you going to do with the money, but what are you going to do with like the responsibility of winning? Um, <laughs> which is like he's like it's such a pageant question I love it I know it's like Miss America like what are you gonna oh. do with the crown <laughs> <laughs> US Americans blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and Aris is like I think Aris gives a good answer here um, yes. for who this he is, is. Better. <laughs> yes and like this is like because he's like there are there are things I need to change in myself first and then I hope that in doing that I will inspire other people um, so I think that's a really good answer of like kind of recognizing because I think that's how he's perceived. He like Shane goes into it later, calls him broke. Uh, the, you know, don't you live with your parents? Um, whatever. Um, and his and so are yeah. kind of anticipating that thought about himself. Yes. And his answer is more honest. And Danielle's is very. I mean, maybe I she genuinely. Get speeches. 
to young children. I'm like, maybe she does think that. And it's like, I guess when you think like that was kind of a thing was like, Oh, this survivor winner is like here at school kids. Like I could see that for her, but I guess I'm also like, I don't think you're going to do that. You're 24 year old. Like, I don't think, I think ours answer is better because it is more honest. Like you said. Mm -hmm. And like showing a bit of reflection about himself too. Um, Yes. Danielle's is more like the the pageant answer, I think. Yeah, I'm going to change lives. Like, no, you're not. (laughs) So then Terry goes, good Lord. And he's like, actually, Danielle, I never deceived anyone. And I hope you regret not taking me. Like, he's like, I hope someone in your life, like your family, your boyfriend, whatever, tell you you should have taken the Navy guys. Like, fuck you, man. I hope they never, they never will say that to me because you're weird. <laughs> but I mean, I kind of live because he is the the ultimate bitter juror and that's who we, mm-hmm. who we are. We stand, uh, we don't stand we him, have, but we stand the concept. The, yes. The idea, he is like clearly salty. Um, but this is like a floppy ass little, I don't remember, like what was even his question? I don't even remember. Um, like rate yourselves like in regards to like challenges oh. and justify it. It's stupid. I don't really want to give him the air time. It's it's like Ara says nine nine and Danielle says eight point five or nine. It's like <laughs> what? Like it's like so. I mean, she like this is a really bad answer from Danielle. Like you're not rate. Don't rate yourself lower than the person who just said nine. Like <laughs> no, you just say nine and give a different reason. <laughs> exactly. I. Th- I bet this is a shitty question anyway. So like I don't. Yeah, like you said, don't really care for the answers. This is like, this is a wash of a little jury moment. Next. Next. Austin goes up. (laughs) Oh, here we go. My favorite, the moment that I made me do like a double take um, was Aris's answer to Austin. So Austin, I think this is a great question. Um, He's like, give me an example of a move that was like good and like you feel good about and a move that like was difficult. I can't remember his exact wording. That's essentially what he's like saying. Like, like a move like you really stand by and feel good about a move that was like you have complicated feelings about um danielle's are which her answer to this i think of like her good move it's correct she should have highlighted this more was keeping Mm -hmm. bruce and getting bob dog out because she did play a big role in that and that set up a lot of stuff on kasaya with her relationship with sari and courtney um and then her difficult move was voting courtney off she didn't feel good about that um because that was a pretty brutal blindside and that was also a move she had a lot of agency in um yeah. in making happen because it was a three two one if she had wanted to vote differently she could have um uh and aris <laughs> says let's get to his bad his his difficult move because this i think yeah. is fair his difficult move was voting shane out and lying to him which i think is the right thing to say because shane's clearly the person who's most upset with him as we'll see in a moment his good move is telling Melinda she was going home. <laughs> oh my god. Susie like, Susie what? Smith was over overhated. Like uh, we have a winner on record saying that their best move was telling someone to their face that they're going home. Why is Susie the legend herself, Jesusita Smith, being vilified <laughs> for this when Aris gets a million dollars for it? I would like to know. This is crazy. Like I, maybe this is maybe that's truly how he feels like that has to just be an honest answer because it's not a good answer it's bad i don't understand this person what he's... who's not he, the second boot 
who like has no bearing on the outcome of this game. I felt really good about telling, going behind every, my Alliance members' backs and telling her she was going home. Yeah, if I'm on the jury, I'm like, first of all, who are you talking about? Melinda? Okay. And second of all, like, what the fuck? That's not a good move. It's not even a move. You're just saying what it's your alliance move. did. Like, it's it's crazy. like crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. It's a it's really so bad funny, answer. Though. I mean, if we're comparing to like past, I, I feel like it's Ethan was kind of similarly floppy when he won Africa. I think it's a similar <laughs> idea. Like, you're just a young guy. And he's trying to play up this like integrity thing. And it's like, I guess that plays into his narrative. I think that's the reasoning behind why he said that, but it's, it's bad. Yeah. So now we're here at the, what everyone's here for. Um, we should just read out her Courtney's speech. I mean, I did transcribe it for, for Twitter. <laughs> oh yeah. Off. I have it open. Would you like to read it or shall I? Oh, I can do it if you want. Yeah, um, you do me, it. Let, let me pull up the tweets because I did go in and I transcribed it. In the I was down. so glad you did. Because I was just like, I don't remember this being so good. Okay. <clears throat> in the words of Courtney. I, she, well, first, I, you can't see this, but I'm mimicking her. Like She's like searching her pockets. I forgot my guns. <laughs> They've been dropped in the sea of forgiveness. Then she makes a weird noise like a, huh. Wow. I came in here wanting to play with integrity and to be of light and love and the shining being. And wow, did I struggle with that because you certainly both stabbed me in the back with a knife that was very deep. And it took me about a week to remove it from my back. It was so deep, especially from Danielle who, which I had total trust in her. I never was going to vote you out. I don't know who made up that lie, but I'm holding no chips on my shoulder because chips on your shoulder of regret and anger and here's where she mimics being weighed down by the weight of chips. Um, <laughs> because uh, chips on your shoulder of regret and anger weigh you down. And I'm a bird, so I gotta fly. But more so than anything, I learned a ton about myself. And that points me to my question. For you, and through this experience, more than the game and the money and the la-la-la-la, what did you really learn about yourself that you're going to take away out of here and walk with every single day? And wow. Scene. <laughs> like, what a moment. Um, she was holding court. She was, I mean, holding Courtney. Um, I, the jury reactions are great. The reactions from Aris and Danielle are great. The reactions from Jeff are great. She knew she served. And her, the way she goes back and f with her, like back and forth with Aris and Danielle when they answer is so like, oh, positive but like also really ag aggressive it's so her energy when they're answering is so bizarre so he's like my yeah my ego has been smashed and she's like yeah and it'll strengthen your spirit like i'm really happy <laughs> to hear that it's like sounds like she's about to yell at them at any moment but she's being really positive and then Danielle's like, it helped me realize how mentally strong I am. And she's like, yes, yes, queen, go off. My life is to learn. And I'm glad we all learned something. It's so, it's so weirdly aggressive. It is very uncomfortable. Um, I love it so much. I mean, Zoe, Marquesa's Zoe walked so Courtney could fly, literally. Could, so she, <laughs> she could run through Bruce's rock garden. <laughs> it's like so funny. And I love that even in the moment, everyone's like, what the fuck just happened? Um, but yeah, so the, says, I mean, it's hard to follow Courtney. Oh, I know it's so good. I love it. Siri is oh, so funny. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is kind of a nothing. I mean, it's like the whatever Aris and Danielle say doesn't really matter. 
it's like a weird question and they they both honestly they hold their own i think they say what she wants to hear which is like uh, yeah i learned that i'm not perfect um <laughs> so i think honestly they did the best they could with that yeah, it's just like, it's such a bizarre question. And everyone, and they know too, like the, the rest of the jury's not going to like weigh, change their vote based on this weird Courtney question. Like you have to know, like Courtney's not, like, is not like the jury four person um, no. who's going to like her opinion, her her questions are going to, they're all just sitting there. Oh, here she goes. Like, yeah. Um, so it's kind of like you answer it, you try to get her vote, but like it's really not going to change anyone else. Exactly. Um, yes, but thankfully we get a Suri moment here. Yes. So she asks, which is, it's hard to follow Courtney. Suri's the queen of like a shady <laughs> little comment. It's so good. Um, but she also is, it's, it's like not mean spirited too. It's like, no, she just it's like, true. kick out of it. Yeah. It's like, that's hard to follow. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so then she, her question is why is the classic, you know, like I've seen, this has been asked more than this, just this time. I've seen it asked all the time in orgs. Why should I tell me why I should vote for the other person? Uh, I think it's a really, why shouldn't I, I vote for you? Yeah, it's a solid. I like this. It shows game awareness, um, and it's getting you. It like changes. It like shifts the energy a little because you're now like and you're talking in positive. You're not like coming for the other person. And it's also showing like how can you like answer this in a way that won't sway the person to actually vote for your competitor. It's a. Yeah. I like this question. It's a tough one. Um, so Aris, uh, well, Danielle emphasizes how honorable and nice Aris is. They both they both give kind of vague answers, I think. Not vague, yeah. but like not very exciting answers. So she's just like, Aris is very honorable and nice. And Aris, I think just a little better, like giving concrete example um, yeah. of like telling the story of Danielle helping him when he got hurt. Um, and then that you know Danielle makes her little joke about how she told him to drug him. Um, I mean, she helps him in that moment, like yeah. And she comes off like a weirdo, <laughs> which I love. Yeah, queen, good for her. Yes, um, um, but yeah, I think they're, neither of them are particularly great answers, but Aris does a bit better in giving something like concrete. I agree. Um, like you said, this is a tough in a good way question. Um, I mean, that kind of. Um, opens me up to my question for you, Christine, and you've, I'm sure have asked jury questions before as part of orgs, but like, what's you, do you have a go-to like jury question or do you have one? Like if you ever were on the show, do you like, I would probably ask this question to the jury or to the final, the finalists. Ooh, let me think for a second. Cause I, I struggle with juries. this. I'm like, I kind of, mm-hmm. I don't, which obviously we like, don't do jury questions anymore in real, like real survivor. Um, I'm going to look at my most recent one, the one I did last year, um, where I, I was the fallen angel lost yes. final four fire making. Uh, my, my, my ally gave me fire making and then I lost it. Um, yeah. It was very tragic. And then she went on to win. It was excellent. Uh, where is to me, I, oh, While you look for that, I'm going to, I feel like my go to, and this feels like very like interviewee and like maybe a little cliche, but I do always like the, tell me why I shouldn't vote for you. I think that is, it gives a good idea of game awareness. And it's again, how do you like answer my question without actually like telling me why I really shouldn't vote for you? Like, I think it's a good little mo. I like those kind of questions. Something I really like to ask. Um, I like to see um, on like frankness and like a willingness to address your, the weak portions of your game. Um, And so, you know, your speech, like speeches obviously are laying out why you played a good game of 
worthy of their vote. I always want like if I always try to ask something that will allow them to be a bit more self-critical in a way, not like trash your game, but like what things did you fuck up? Yeah. And how did you overcome them? How did that please how does that factor into the narrative of your game? I want like a compelling narrative of your game and there needs to be some adversity because there's rarely there's always some form of adversity, even if you're on the top. So that's that's yeah. something I like to dig into a lot. Agreed. I think those kind of questions are a lot more helpful because it's a, it's all about game awareness and also how can you um, spin to me? It's like that's a, it's a spin question. Um, mm-hmm. And it's it, we're, I like those ones, but you also yeah. need the Courtney's. You know, talk tell me why uh, your ego got smashed and why that makes you a flying bird. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yes. we we did we did Suri. Now we just have to do Three. Shane. Interesting note to end on, <laughs> but I will yes. say Aris. I think kind of clinches the victory here in a rebuttal to Shane after this. Yeah. So Shane's speech is basically: I'm disappointed. You're the both of you are here. Terry should have won. Terry should be sitting there, and I I don't want to vote for either of you. He turns, he does the classic old school survivor thing of turning to one finalist, trashing them, then turning to the other finalist and trashing them. Um, and so he's like, Danielle, you're useless at camp. He basically calls her dumb. Um, <laughs> then he turns to RS. He's like, you broke our bond over the two most important things to us, my son and your yoga. Um, that's pretty is, funny. That's really funny. <laughs> and then he's like, Danielle didn't lie to me. I have no problem with her with regards to honesty, but you did. You're broke and you're homeless and you freeload off your dad. Damn. And so this is just a very classic, like old school survivor trash speech. Um, yeah. And then of course goes, does the number between one and a million. So what, what was the, before we get into the number choices, which is insane. Um, what was your note about Aris's rebuttal? Um, well, in his closing statement, he has a line that I think is like really good. Obviously he doesn't get Shane's vote, but I really liked it. He says, um, you know, Shane, if I'm, it's like some, if I, if I am homeless, if I am like broke or if I'm leeching off my parents, give me the a million and help me get out of that yeah. situation. That's a really good response to that. Honestly, it makes Shane look like an asshole. And it's like a funny, like, yeah, if I am broke, you have the power to fix that. If that's your only problem with me, here you go. Give me a million dollars. This is your chance. I really like that line <laughs> a lot from Aris there. Mm-hmm. No, it's a and good, it's, it's a good response and a good, like, yeah, like, jab. Pe- money will change people's lives, but also it's a kind of like a, that's not a fair criticism of my game kind of without yes. directly attacking uh, Shane. Yes. I lo- So the, I, I liked ours, I, but it's like, you could tell you like, couldn't really respond because Shane wasn't giving them a chance to respond in the moment, which is that's his right as a jury person. So it is what it is. <laughs> yes, it is. So the numbers. So what in a million? Ours goes first and picks four. <laughs> which, is which is so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think because, that's Ars's way of saying like, fuck you in this question. Yeah, because like maybe he just knew Shane really just didn't want to, was more likely to vote for Danielle anyway. And is counting that as a watch because if it's a number between one and a million and you pick four, it has to be f- like, like four or below or like you're like, you really just like, he just gave Danielle the opportunity to 
I'm not going to get into probability and numbers and stuff, but it was just like, he really put himself in a corner and immediately and let Danielle go, like could have picked 500,000 and kind of have a, had a better option. But then Danielle picks 10. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, it's like, if we're going by prices, right rules, she like instantly yeah. wins unless it is like, or, um, or below. Yeah. So I get like, she should have said five though. If she was like, really going to be like, it's okay. just like, yeah, it doesn't make sense. Her choice of 10 doesn't make sense. Cause it's like, yeah, she could have just done five. She could do something much higher, but she doesn't go either way. She's picks 10. Yeah. Which is like, but yeah, that is also really funny. Um, but it is, I, I get why I think Aris was trying to say like, fuck you in that moment. Like this is stupid. Um, yeah, I forget. I didn't read the parchment. What was the actual answer that Shane? It was like a hundred that it was pretty high. It was pretty high. Yeah. I don't remember. It was like a hundred thousand or something. Cool. <laughs> He's a, yeah, this was a weird little moment. I think, I think the pick a number between can be really fierce. If you're like Kelly Wigglesworth, like calling back to your, to Greg, um, asking her that question. That was, I feel like that's the best version of that. Or, um, mm-hmm. I think Kelly in Africa does a similar thing. Yeah. Because it's like a reference. She to- asks her favorite movie. Yes. Um, and it's the graduate. Yes. Um, or like, no, no, like, no, it's the number. It's like and the, it's the number of the something from the graduate. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, I love that. Like a weird, like you have to know my Like the hotel room number or something in the graduate. Yeah. <laughs> Which is so fierce. That's um, so I, this can be iconic, but I think Shane's like kind of a douchebag here, um, which is his character, <laughs> which makes the, the season would not be the season it is without him. So Derek, do you know the trivia fact about this? Uh, Final Tribal Council that connects it to Korang. Oh, hmm. Well, I'm trying to think of the so it's like the connects to Korang's final tribal or just Korang in general. Korang's final tribal. I mean, the only thing that's like coming to mind for Korang's final tribal is the fact that there's a non-human character there <laughs> in Mark the Chicken. <laughs> um, I, I think that's still the only uh, Mark the Chicken still holds that record. Um, yeah. It does have to do with votes. No, it's with the, the the way final tribal plays out itself. Oh, hmm. yeah, I'm not sure. What's the what's the so answer? This was this was the final time where a fin- This is the last time where finalists made closing statements, and then it was oh. brought back to Korang. Yes, because Jeff really wanted to Aubrey to, to still <laughs> somehow win. I remember that because you can see in that moment in Korang. He's like, um, I'm going to give you guys another chance to like argue to because, yeah. Wow. OK, I love that. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. 20 me, seasons later. Yeah. So there were not closing statements again. It took a run. Jeff was, ooh, Michelle. I am. Oh, my God. Legend. Windshell. Just like uh, Jeff was so plucked. He's like, please, <laughs> please, Aubrey, say something to win. So good. Do you have anything else to say about the final tribal before we just talk about the winner and how things play out? Not really. I feel like we yeah. we talked through it. It's kind of a, again, kind of a eh, final tribal. I think Courtney obviously is like a big standout here. Um, like you said, honestly, Austin and Sally, I think, and Sari, I think had good questions. Um, I will say Aris and Danielle, not great final tribal performances no. from either of them. I think Aris just wins by default because Danielle's is like definitely worse of the two of them. Yep. Agree. Not much, not much to note about their individual performances other than yeah. ours does slightly better. <laughs> and yeah. Cause they're slightly worse. Yeah. They're both 
young and I think ours I think Danielle had more of an uphill battle and she like really did not rise to meet the occasion. So ours yeah. wins. <laughs> yep. So Danielle gets Shane and Bruce's votes and Aris cleans up everyone else's and we get a Vetus sighting. Did you see I know, Vetus, Vetus sighting? <laughs> Vetus mentioned. Yeah, so for people who don't know, if you have not seen Blood vs. Water, um, Aris's brother, Aris competes with his brother, Vetus, on that season. Uh, and so Vetus will soon join the Survivor family. Um, he's also a yoga guy uh, with an interesting <laughs> backstory. But yeah, this I is feel just like, like a fun little ah, future character. Yeah, I... I feel like if I had just been watching this, like without the con, like knowing who Vita says, I was like, is that his boyfriend? Um, <laughs> both very attractive men. Um, and I love, I miss, I'm like so sad. I miss the like reaction shot. It was like Aris's friends in LA. Yeah, in I'm LA. Like, God, imagine being like in your 20s and your best friend is like on Survivor and you get to like have a fucking like blowout party and like i'm just like imagining like doing that with my friends for like so, like one of our friends being on survivor i'm like that must have been a fun ass night for those people oh yeah I'm like was it wait were this was this finale in new york yes you note know? okay yes yeah. i'm pretty because i think at this point they were still doing this like they would do um like new york la like switch off every season I yeah think, they would do yeah um which is Again, miss the live finales. Um, this was a very uh, unobtrusive. Like I forget that this was like the structures. Like they just played the episode, and yeah. they like didn't do shit in between. I think that's where people like got tired of the live finales. Is when you get mm-hmm. Jeff talking to children in the middle of it. Um, so this is. I was like, ah, I miss this. This must have been. So I do miss fun. this. <laughs> like, yeah, I can just imagine how fun that is. Um, maybe one day. Probably yeah. not. <laughs> Probably not. They they COVID happened and now they can just save money by not doing it. So why would they do it again? Um, I know, and I'm not so. watching Big Brother to get the same feeling. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you will watch on Twitter though. I will. I love being a Twitter. Only Me too. Twitter. My favorite. We learn everything, except you apparently just learned that Bowie Jane is Australian. <laughs> I literally was watching this episode on Paramount Plus, and I get a preview, and I'm like, oh my god, does Bowie Jane is Australian? Oh, no. I, just, <laughs> it's just, I was gagged. It was, it was very funny. Um, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, those are so, my thoughts on my tri- final tribal. Um, I think Danielle only gets... No, she gets Bruce and Shane. Right? And Shane, because their number was closer. <laughs> slay go off diva yeah and you can tell like i didn't watch the reunion but like you can tell here that danielle's pretty bummed as the votes are being read you can just tell like she isn't feeling great about it and if i remember she's pretty low energy at the reunion which is like to yeah like yeah she just lost a million dollars she's quite young um but yeah neither of us watched the reunion tell if something interesting happened i don't think anything interesting happened but you can write to me on twitter if we there was something we should have discussed and i'll retweet it (laughs) yeah there's got i'm sure there was something i like interesting that happened but um rs also has the kind of muted reaction to winning as well i wonder if he just like felt bad for danielle or like knew this was coming i mean obviously i think most winners know they're going to win just by Mm-hmm. You know, interacting with their cast after the season, it usually comes out in some way like, okay, I probably won. Um, yeah. And I, but he does have a very muted reaction here. He just like stands up and like hugs a few people and then goes and hugs his family. So, yeah, let's do episode titles and then we can say any final words about the season overall. So, okay. Uh, I will let you go first. Okay. 
Um, well, you mentioned one that I was really considering, um, which was Danielle's God Never Makes It Easy For Me. I think that's a really fun <laughs> episode title, especially because um, I guess if people like weren't like looking for the, the actual episode title is The Final Showdown, which is a horrible, horrible yeah. episode title. Hate it. Um, but I might, I think, honestly, my actual pick is going to be another Danielle quote. Um, and she says this in, uh, I think, as they're like about to go to tribal, she says this, um, just don't hate me after this. I think, Mm. (laughs) I think that like really encapsulates the whole like crux of this episode, which is like Danielle's struggle. Um, and it also kind of feels like a message to the audience of like, I'm sorry, Suri didn't win. And I'm sorry, Terry didn't win. (laughs) Just don't hate (laughs) me after this. Um, all right. Yeah. I like that. So yeah, Derek would just don't hate me after this. And then I'm going to pick a quote from RS that I do think sums up this season quite nicely. Um, not necessarily this episode, but the season in as a whole, I'm going to do crazy, ugly, beautiful, insane. Yes, that's really good. Um, I, I had another RS quote written down, which was, I expect me to win. Um, which is <laughs> goofy. Um, but I do. That's a really good one, too. Yeah, um, thanks. Yes. Well, we'll put it to a vote, and then once we have the results of all this, I'll post on Twitter our final list of all the episode titles we have chosen. I think we did a pretty good job this season of punching everything up. Um, so, Derek, do we have final thoughts on Panama as a whole? Any like thing? Any opinions that have changed for you on this season as a whole? Things you've forgotten? I don't know. Anything you want to say? Um, I'm trying to, I, I should have brought up my, my ranking of the seasons to remember where I usually put Panama. I feel like when I first watched through all the seasons, because I was a binge viewer, I watched the show. Um, like I, my first live season was second chance and I watched all the season, all the first 30 seasons before that, um, like the summer before second chance aired, I think. Um, and Panama, I think kind of came and went for me. On my first viewing, um, I think I watched it after. Like, I, this was not my first, like, introduction to Suri, which I feel like, looking back, I wish this had been, because I feel like you get a much more rich, like, a richer context for Suri when you see her first game, because it is really excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a great introduction. And I think Micronesia is, like, really um, enhanced, knowing all this backstory for Suri. Um, but I feel like, in general, my ranking of the season is like definitely upper half, but it's like not, it's not one of my like go-to faves, but I think like you said before, maybe that part of that is this like kind of whimper at the end, but it is hard to deny how iconic the Kasaya tribe is like such a great cast of characters. I think this was a time when survivor was like starting to have its identity crisis, which is clear in the exile Island introduction. Um, and the like four tribes start with the like tribe divisions. I feel like we're about to enter into an era of like a lot of experimentation going on with Survivor. And I think this is kind of a last hurrah for like tr- um, old school Survivor in a lot of ways. Um, and yeah, I think in general, I really like this season. Um, and I, I totally understand why people rank this like really high in their rankings. I would not begrudge anyone saying this is their favorite season because it's really great. And it's because the cast is so good. Period. Yeah. I would say like, I think the one thing for me is I, in my memory didn't remember this finale being this much of a whimper. 
I yeah. like obviously knew and this was at this point we've lost all of our big big characters um but in my mind there was a bit more drama a bit more excitement uh but that really all that hap- all that all happens in the episodes pre- prior with the Terry versus Ara stuff so I guess my one like thing was like oh yeah it's the finale's worse than I remembered um again <laughs> not, not to any fault of the scene it just that's just how it ended up and they were working with they're working with um yeah. it feels so more like a dating one- ma yeah, like, yeah, it's just kind of like, it, all right, we've had our, our rising action, the falling action, and we have our last little conflict, and then this is what we're left with. So that's my one, like, takeaway from the season was like, oh, yeah, was the ending didn't quite as, wasn't quite as interesting as I thought it was, but it's all just because that happens earlier. All the interesting stuff just, like, happens before we can get to the finale. Um I mean, I walked away even more annoyed with Terry Dietz, but like really appreciating what he brought to the season. I really do. Like this season would not be this season if there was not this this taunting evil figure of Terry Dietz um, kind of always lurking over Kasaya and causing problems. Um, but yeah, this has always been a favorite season of mine uh, and it still holds up. You know, it's still like, um, I chose it for a reason and uh, yeah, like it's it still holds up. I'm trying to think if there's anything that like really shifted for me, but like just maybe some more appreciation for some of these other characters um, of Bruce. Oh, Bruce, this season, this season yes. was like the season of remembering that Bruce is actually quite a funny, weird little character. Yeah, so I want to shout out Bruce uh, for for that. Um, we definitely dug into the Bruce of it all quite a bit on on this on this podcast. Absolutely, I like you said. This is like a silly, funny little. Mo- I think when you do these like really um, intent, like the same was true for Sanuatu, these like and Fiji forever with Gia. It's like these, when you do these more granular sort of looks at these old seasons, it's like, there's so much gold there that I feel like the magic was there. Like we said at the beginning, survivor used to be art and you can like really feel it. Even just like visually some of these shots are like so gorgeous that really stand up now. Um, and there's like, I, there's, I think to me, what I'm always like, what really sticks out to me from this finale more than anything else that goes on in it is that sort of when Danielle and Aris are leaving the camp and they just, they just take a moment to pan over the like empty camp. Like that's all the scene is, is just like panning over all this like stuff that's being left behind. I think it's like, man, I miss that so much. I'm it's like, so this is like, even though it is kind of a, a whatever finale, I think, like I said, this is kind of a kiss goodbye to a lot of the survivor magic that starts to mm-hmm. get taken away for a lot of different reasons. Um, so I think it's, Panama is a great final for hurrah for a moment in time. Yeah. <laughs> so I just want to, before we do plugs, I want to thank everyone who was a guest this season. Um, this was such, so, 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 so much fun. Like Stan, like Stanawatu. I loved coming to this podcast every week, not really knowing where the conversation was going to lead us um, in terms of the goofiness and the, and the wildness of, of some of these moments. And so I just want to thank everyone who is a guest, everyone for listening. Uh, I've gotten asked quite a bit, will we be back next summer? The plan is yes, if, if things in my life allow me to continue doing a podcast every summer. Um, so I have some thoughts on what I want to do, but I'm open to suggestions if anyone wants to reach out of like a season they'd really like to see done. Uh, but I do think I know what I'm doing. So stay tuned for that announcement next summer. Um, but yeah, thank you everyone. 
And thank you, Derek, for helping me wrap this up and tell the people where they can find you. Yes. Well, first, I do want to say, Christine, this uh, I I know how much uh, work and time goes into making these. Aww. And I think a lot of people, I don't think I know a lot of people really love the like listening to you talk to all these people about these great seasons that feel underappreciated. I think obviously Panama has like a certain reputation, but it's like we need to give these seasons another look and really dig into them and enjoy them. Um, and remind ourselves why we love Survivor. It like frustrates me a lot of the time nowadays, but it is good to just go back and like you provide that for a lot of people. So I just want to thank you on behalf of the listeners. Um, yes. Um, but you can follow me at Ray Dierks on Twitter, follow the Bitterger's pod, Twitter on and Instagram. Um, listen to um what else? Uh, me and Sam talk about Legend of Korra. She's done. We finished her. Um, listen to me and Christine on Shadowplay Gaze. We talked about Sailor Uranus and Sailor Neptune a few weeks ago. Um, and yeah, that's it for me, I think. Period. You can find <laughs> me on Twitter at The X Teen Files and on Instagram at The X Teen Files. Excuse me. Uh, you can read my writing on Inside Survivor. I'll be doing that again now that season 45 is starting. And yeah, listen to The Bitter Jurors and Shadowplay Gaze. And I think that's everything. So yeah, yes. there's no next episode to preview. There's nothing coming up for this podcast. So um, keep listening to The Bitter Jurors main feed. That's where you can find me and Derek next um, is we'll be doing our cast assessment. Um, it, it might be out by the time you listen to this. I don't know when it'll be out. Um, but uh, yeah, keep an eye on that feed and I'll see you next summer with hopefully another very fun season of the Stan brand. Yes, it's happening, baby. Um, bye. Bye. <laughs>